Homestyle Green, episode 59. How do you start a renovation project on a 1960s weatherboard? Typical New Zealand house. G'day and welcome back to another episode, episode 59 of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast that I hope will inspire people to make a better place to live. Now, that means maybe that you are helping someone to design a better home or perhaps you're designing a home yourself to uh, be a little bit better than the building code because that's what we're mostly about here is inspiring people to create a home that's good for them and also good for the planet. Now, last week I spoke to someone who wants to do just that. His name is Andrew Adrian Feezy. And we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about the, the house that he's purchased in a moment. But before we do that, I just want to um, have a, another shout out to a, a listener who sent in an email. Um, and this is from Matt. And Matt said, uh, I've listened to all your podcasts and can't tell you how helpful they've been. Um, great to get an email like that. Really appreciate it. So if you do um, have some thoughts on the show, I'd love to hear them. Because uh, it's awesome knowing that people are out there and that the show is is useful to people. Uh, Matt goes on to say um, that the whole project would have been quite different. So he's 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 learnt uh, some things or picked up a few things from listening to the show. And he he sent me a copy of his plans to have a look at and had a bit of a question around heating. Which, by the way, if you do want to. Uh, have someone look over your plans, more than happy to do that. So you can send them in. Um, also, if you want to get uh, more people, then send them to me, but you can also upload them onto homestylegreen.com and let me know if you're happy for other people to look at them and do a bit of crowdsourcing, get a, get some ideas from the rest of the tribe. Got some great designers and architects who do listen to this show. So if you'd like to get some more eyes on your concept or your plans, then why not give it a go? Um, anyway, back to Matt. He is wondering about the the heating and the the type of heating that he might need to keep him and his wife warm in their new home that they're in the process of designing. And I had a similar question from someone recently who was asking. They they phoned up asking about uh, the best type of heating, uh, particularly uh, underfloor heating. And my my response was, "Have you had the house?" thermally modelled because there is a good chance that you may not need heating. Uh, in a lot of these cases, the people who have done a good job of designing the thermal envelope and some good levels of insulation, good levels of solar orientation. So there is a good chance anywhere north of Christchurch, really, that you can design a good house that won't actually need many, much heating at all. To keep it comfortable and if you do need some heating it might just be some background heating which can pretty much be supplemented by some small panel heaters or electric heating so the key is the better your insulation and orientation and thermal mass then the less important it is what type of heating you have or the size of that for that matter so instead of getting too hung up on the whether you're going to have heat pumps or ducted system or in slab, uh, um, hydronic heating or radiators, all of which 
are great systems and there are pros and cons to all of those, focus on the thermal envelope first and the orientation and get the house modeled. Find a um, designer or an architect who's got eco-designer if they're using Archicad or um, there's some IES software if they're using Revit or SketchUp. Um, but there are so many good models out there now that will provide an accurate information uh, on a monthly, even a daily or hourly basis of what the temperature is likely to be for that specific house with that specific set of features and in that orientation in that location. So um, might might cost a little bit to get it done well, but you can justify one, maybe even $2,000 of professional freeze fees up front and possibly save yourself a full heating system that you might not even need. On to today's guest. Adrian Feezy has purchased a 1960s four-bedroom weatherboard house. Sounds pretty common. Iron roof, um, not much insulation in the roof as you'd expect. Gas, hot water cylinder. I'll let him explain in a little bit more detail, but he is embarking on a journey to turn that fairly stock standard New Zealand home into something that is actually going to be warm and comfortable, he hopes, and cost effective too. So Adrian's background is from a solar in uh, from the solar industry. He works um, selling solar hot water and solar PV. So he knows a thing or two about um, efficient, well, energy efficient products but he is looking at the whole house as his own project. So I caught up with Adrian to find out why he took on this challenge of trying to turn a, an existing typical New Zealand house into a, into a warm one. And we also talk about why and how you might be able to go and visit his house at an early stage. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Now, just to get the ball rolling, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current project? And um, what I really want to know is, is why you're doing what you're doing. Okay. Um, well, I'm currently in the renewable energy sector. So I've been doing solar hot water heating, solar power systems, um, most recently, the last few years, and that came from an interest in making our own home um, more uh, eco-friendly, more sustainable. Um, and then when we moved to this property, uh, really it was a, about having an opportunity to put in place more um, projects, I guess you could say. So everything from uh, energy generation or energy use appliances, um, insulation, and so forth. So we found this place, and one of the main things was that it had a lot of established fruit trees. Um, yep. So that was something that we knew would put us ahead of the curve, so to speak, um, and they're already producing. So, yeah, really, we've just moved into here and um, really delighted to be involved with EcoFest too. They're doing some fantastic things. And basically looking at um, our home in the sense of a blank canvas, so um, being able to show people, um, give them some ideas on what they can do um, in terms of their home and some of the low-hanging fruit, pardon the pun, <laughs> and um, also looking at introducing and bringing in um, some education and awareness about Homestar, which um, I think is a really great tool for helping people to sort of get some more ideas and sort of see how they're going. Mm. Uh, tell us where, where there is. 
Oh, okay. So we're in the suburb of Birkdale in the north shore of Auckland. Um, the property itself is on 850 square metres, um, fairly flat section um, with uh, a good northern aspect. Right. Uh, now, just coming back to why, what's the motivation for you to want to do what you're doing? Um, I think that uh, probably initially it was about you know, awareness of some of the environmental um, challenges mm-hmm. uh, we face and looking at how or what we could do on a more personal level mm. um, to live more sustainably. Um, but I'd have to say that having embarked on the journey and taking some of those initial steps, it um, it's just more fun. <laughs> right. Oh, good. Well, you know, just a lot of the projects, like, you know, we, we harvested plums off our plum tree nice. um, last Christmas and you know, made them for gifts and so forth for Christmas. And, yeah, just, just found the whole process um, more enjoyable, more grounding, and it's just, just, a, just a great hobby too, you know, um, looking at how we can reuse things. The neighbour actually today was throwing out a bath and um, just thinking, oh, great, you know, we can use that sort of for a, um, to put some plants in. Um, it's, 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 it's definitely very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, and it's not huge. I mean, you're not like a lifestyle block or anything. It's a, it's a, it's a big section, but it's not massive, eight hundred and fifty square meters. So it's totally, uh, I would imagine, um, easy for other people to relate to what you're aiming to do. Yeah, I, I think that um, many of the things we're looking to do uh, can be adapted to um, most living environments. Um, yeah, it's true that we've got a, um, a good size section, uh, which will give us um, more opportunity in terms of the garden, um, uh, in terms of what we do there. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, you know, uh, water tanks or solar power generation, insulation, um, lighting, I think a lot of those things are, are fairly transferable. Yep. Now, you mentioned EcoFest, which is part of the reason why I'm talking to you. Can you give people, and I'm going to talk more about um, EcoFest in, in the future, but how do you fit into EcoFest and what's the sort of general, um, what's it all about? Okay, so EcoFest um, uh, has been run in the Auckland area for a few years. And um, in the North Shore, this is the North Shore uh, event. And basically, um, I've been involved with Kaipataki Trust, which is um uh, based just down the road, actually, um, and they're very involved. I did one of their um, composting courses early on in the piece. That's how I became first really aware of them. Right. Um, and then I just really like what they were about and how they were doing things. Um, and, and and getting to know them, they mentioned about the festival and they asked me if I knew of anyone or would be interested myself to have my um, uh, home involved. Um, and basically, the EcoFest, EcoFest Home Tour is, is about giving people an opportunity, um, probably in the area, to see what people are currently doing mm-hmm. um, or to give people ideas on what they can do um, to you know, inspire them, um, educate, um, also just build the network so you, know, you can find out who down the road is doing what. Yeah, great. So this is a, a will be a part of the EcoFest. It'll be a tour of, was it four homes that people will be able to go and visit all on one day? That's right. So there'll be four homes and um, uh, people can basically register to come along to one of those tours. 
Um, there's no charge. I understand there's a, a donation that's asked for. Um, and the four homes are, are fairly different. So there'll be some homes that are very well advanced, you'd say, in terms of either the, the gardening or the renewable energy aspects. Um, my home is more looking at what's possible. Uh, so we've done a couple of things already, um, but it'll be basically putting up um, information signs and um, other information around the property to show people what we're thinking, um, how it relates to Homestar. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, just really to prompt some ideas. That's great. And I want to ask you a bit more about that before we do. You mentioned uh, Pipatiki, uh How do you say Pipatiki, uh yep. Trust. Um, mm-hmm. What what is it? What are they all about? Well, essentially, Kaipataki Trust is um, is about the environment. So it's about practical uh, steps. They are very involved um, and have a very active nursery. So they've done a lot of planting in the Glenfield Birkenhead area in terms of native plants, weed control, um, nurseries. They do a lot in terms of education. So they run courses on everything from composting um, to um, to, to, to growing um, and other related courses as well. And they um, have the EcoFest days down there where people can come along and see what's happening. Yeah, And they're about also creating community, so providing opportunity for a number of volunteers to get involved uh, and meet other uh, people who are also interested in the same issues. Mm. I'm just having a quick look on their website, and I love that they do courses as well, not just as sort of a community organisation doing stuff in their own backyard, if you like, but actually running structured events where outreach and, and actually providing some really valuable skills by the looks of it and some really interesting content. Yeah, they do. They um, they, they cover, um, you've probably got a, a better idea looking at the website, yeah. Um, but yeah, the range of different courses they have, I mean, like uh, Nanotechnologies is another course um, they've recently run too. Nanotechnologies are excellent. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can see up there worm farming, beekeeping, composting, green building seminars. So yeah, a whole range of stuff. Now, I think it's great that you are talking about an existing home because we talk quite often about the fact that it's in some ways relatively easy to create a, a good home from scratch. But for the large majority of people, we're in existing housing stock and we've got this big legacy of, of old houses um, what what are the priority? What, what, first of all, what are the big problems that you would like to fix in your current house? Can you can you describe your house for us that you're starting with? Sure. Um, first, I'd like to say I think it's a. I really agree with that, and I think um, that addressing the existing housing stock um, is a big issue, mm-hmm. and it's an area of, of uh, particular interest to me and a passion uh, of making it accessible to people who have what they have. Yep. Um, yeah, so in our situation, we've got a four-bedroom 1960s weatherboard home. Yep. So fairly common on the North Shore. Um, iron roof, uh, yeah, weatherboard exterior. Um, originally, no insulation apart from um, uh, probably 20 mils of, of fluff. Yeah. Um, so loose fill kind of in the, in yep. the roof? That's right, yep. Um, we've got a, an old Vulcan uh, gas water heating system that's located outside. Um, so a storage cylinder? Storage cylinder, yeah. correct. Um, and yeah, f- fairly flat section, a lot of permeable area. 
Uh, so it's good from gardens and, and water runoff. Um, and like most of the North Shore, you've got about mm, 30, 40 centimetres of topsoil and then clay. Yep. Um, Windows? Got, uh, yeah, aluminium joinery was, um, was put in to replace the wooden joinery at some point, not exactly sure when. Um, it's of not a great standard. It's single glazing. Um, wow. Yeah, and there's a lot of it. <laughs> wow, so they replaced the whole house with uh, aluminium single glazing at some point. Yeah. Okay. Probably not uncommon either. I mean, I imagine that's been done uh, around the 80s, 90s uh, in quite a few places. Yeah. Um, anything on, and wooden floor or is it concrete floor? Yeah, so we've got wooden floor um, and probably half a metre underneath the floor uh, brick uh, foundations. Well, so brick perimeter. Yep. Um, and then foundations. So we've got an area underneath. And I'm guessing no insulation under there? No, no insulation underneath. And yeah, as I say, just the um, uh, the fluff on top. So not a, not a lot happening in terms and have of. And have you had a winter there? No, we haven't. Right. Uh, we moved in October, so we've just had the summer. And um, today I can tell you it was particularly warm. <laughs> Right, yeah, because you've got the sun beating down on that 20 mils, mils of fluff on the uh, underneath the iron. Correct. <laughs> and nothing else between you and you and that. Yeah. How uh, have you noticed um, drafts? Is it quite drafty? Uh, we've got actually got carpet through the whole of the house. Uh huh. So we um, and we haven't had a winter here, so we we haven't really noticed anything in terms of that regard. Um, we do open the doors basically let through the uh, the wind to cool the place at the moment. Yeah, and I guess because the windows have been upgraded to aluminium joinery, you won't they won't be quite as leaky as old timber frames. No, no, that's right. Yep. Is there any heating? Yes, there is a there is a heat pump. They did have a fireplace uh, with a chimney, but they removed that when they extended one of the walls, and so we've currently got a, a heat pump, um, which we haven't had the need to use yet. And are there downlights? Yes. Um, so mostly CFL um, downlights uh, throughout the lounge, dining room area and kitchen. Have you counted um, them? Uh, yes, we've got rough, I think, six in the kitchen area. Um, actually, in the dining area, we've got spots, um, CFL spots. There's six of those. And then there's... Um, one uh, light for the um, the lounge area, um, and then the bedrooms have all got a or well, they've got a mixture actually of incandescent and and CFL um, lights. Okay, so you don't have too many holes in the ceiling. No. Right. Okay, so we've got a, a bit of a picture of uh, a fairly standard nineteen sixties house there. What are your priorities, and what's the what's the plan of action? Well, the um, the first thing is insulation. So um, we've actually already taken the step of getting the uh, all of the underfloor done, and uh, we wanted to get all of the ceiling done for summer, but because of the roof structure and the way they've added, added the add-on, we could only do the bedrooms. Right. So the, the bedrooms now have um, three point two in the ceiling. Uh huh. And we've so we went higher than the regulation, um, and we also went uh, thicker 
in the, the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we went with 1.8 in the basement. Um, that's pretty much all we've done to date because the uh, the other thing we were keen to do was basically be in the, ho- the home for one year, yep. get a year's worth of um, data and, and bills and so forth because uh, we're quite keen to put in place some changes and then be able to measure the effects. Okay, so you're actually you're tracking your power usage at the moment? That's right. So we've we've got um, uh, power usage in terms of electricity, and then we've got uh, gas for our hot water heating at the moment. Okay. And so what are you thinking now as the next step, and how are you using that data to help you decide what to do? Um, we'll probably – well, we, we've – Got some good information and talked with a number of sources, um, and as well as that, having the um, doing the Homestar uh, training has been really valuable for getting some further insights. Mm-hmm. So we've we've got a, a checklist of what our immediate priorities will be. Yep. Um, and continuing the insulation will be the first one, uh, which we consider low hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, we've already done some work in, in the garden, um, worm farms, composting, uh, water. Looking at with some some water mainly for the garden um, is another key thing uh, we're going to put in place. Some water capture. We've got a fairly good roof area. Yep. Um, lighting is also um, on the chart. We've been looking at uh, replacing the existing lighting systems um, to go with some uh, closer butted um, and ICF type lighting. Right. Um, so that's really to improve your insulation as well as reduce your lighting power use? Correct, yep. Okay. So will you be looking at LED? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're looking at some some good high-quality uh, LEDs um, that will uh, be internationally rated and tested uh, for uh, particularly the thermal management side of things. Right. Um, and we're treating that, uh, I guess, much the same way with a lot of the Things we'll be putting in place. We're looking at sort of um, ten-year uh, life expectancy minimums um, yep. for a lot of the products. Okay, so gardens. Interesting. You're starting with gardens and water. Have you done a bit of a, a cost benefit on the rainwater collection? Yeah. Um, it, at this stage, the water will. Uh, be mainly used for the garden. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the if we were to put in a um, a five thousand liter tank or something like that, um, or even to purchase some uh, smaller two hundred liter size tanks, the cost benefit probably wouldn't be that significant. Yeah. Um. It's it's part of um, I guess um, looking at water and energy independence to a degree. Mm-hmm. We're not going um, whole hog or anything like that, um, but it also gives us an opportunity to, I guess, learn about uh, water, you know, how much we're capturing, how much we're using, um, and use it as a staged approach. Wow. Uh, so I'm looking at, um, at this stage, probably getting uh, 4,000 litre um, uh, drums um, that have previously been used for food grade purposes. Um, so and, that's four separate 1,000 litre drums. Correct. Yep. Yep. And then uh, putting them in series and also uh, using um, these containers as a foundation for growing um, some vines off them. Okay. Yep. 
So a yep. bit, of, bit of landscaping and uh, and other what uh, edible edible vines. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 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 Um, so yeah, that's interesting. So that's more around the resilience and probably that that kind of environmental aspect versus doing it because it's going to save you money. Yeah, I, I think that we're. Uh, I think you know, when, I, when I said earlier that it's it's, it's becoming a hobby, um, it might have started as um, an environmental, uh, making environmental change, but. The more that we've got into it, and, and uh, the more we've enjoyed it, and the more, as I say, it's become a hobby. And so, like, I was saying to actually to a friend the other day, it's like some people might spend a thousand dollars on um, a car, or you know, whatever their hobbies are. And more and more, I find myself thinking, well, it might not just be about the cost benefit, but um, it might be. This is something I really enjoy doing. You're, so you're out looking for water, secondhand water drums. Oh, I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome, and and um, how have you found that journey? Like, in obviously, you you're doing things uh, to a budget. Is it easy to find stuff like that? Yeah, well, um, I think it definitely it's 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 about uh, you know they say the attention goes where um, sorry energy goes where attention flows, mm-hmm. and um, uh, just today I. Well, sorry, a couple of weeks ago when I, when I was talking with um, a, a colleague about the garden and she was saying, well, you know, if you want to do some, uh, uh, grow some crops in a contained area, instead of using um, container pots and purchasing them, you know, get an old bath. Yeah, and right. And today I was just driving up the street and I saw one. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that was great. And then having a chat to someone the other day about alternatives to purchasing a brand new, um, you know, 4,000 litre tank. Um, they said, well, they knew of someone um, who had managed to get these food grade ones for about fifty dollars each. Perfect. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, you know, if, if if you're able to source it and it, it does the job, um, then I think it's great in terms of reusing um, items. And then, yeah. obviously, in terms of the cost benefit, it's it's helping as well and allows you to put that financial resource to some other project. Yeah, and so, like you say, low hanging fruit there. Doing the installation, doing some landscaping, fixing the lighting, and then onwards and upwards from there, sort of thinking about energy systems. Yeah, so we, we recently bought a energy efficient fridge, so we got rid of our old one um, of many years and right. um, upgraded to um, a, a high rating energy efficient uh, fridge freezer. So, what did you um, get? We got. Um, uh, Fisher and Paykel. Uh-huh. Um, we we went to Consumer Magazine actually, right? And they had two recommendations, and so we went with one of the recommendations they made. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and then, and the other thing we're looking at the moment is um, uh, re- replacing the hot water heating system. Yep. So we're looking at some options there in terms of. Um, uh, hot water heat pumps um, and solar water heating. Yep. Um, so you got reticulated gas? Yes, we have. Okay. And you got gas. Do you use gas for any, anything else on the, in the house? Well, we don't currently, but this is sort of an area of um, um, I, I love cooking and yep. uh, we love uh, entertaining. So uh, gas is the preferred way to, to cook. Mm. Um, 
And so we have been thinking about uh, how we um, do that in the future, and, and either we, we might look at a bottled solution. Yeah. I'm going through a very similar – well, I have gone through because uh, a, a similar process. We have a Vulcan um, as well, yep. probably about 15 years old, mm -hmm. and I did get a plumber around to look at it and said it could die tomorrow or it could last for another 15 years. So, again, from a pure cost-benefit uh, point of view, at the time it was hard to justify, but now that I've got solar panels, PV on my roof – I've actually been reconsidering that, that and I would suspect that if I did some, some crunch some numbers on that, it may actually be beneficial now to ditch the uh, gas cylinder and replace that with either a heat pump water heater or just an electric system that's running off the off the PV. But I don't know because yep. I haven't done the numbers yet. Yep, yep. I, I think there, there's certainly some, some good options now available and – Having a um, uh, having some self generation in terms of PV uh, certainly lends itself towards looking at electric electricity based mm. systems. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that you know once um, and really interesting to see obviously the Green Party come out with their um, policy announcement yesterday. Yes, yes. Around, um, solar homes. Um, that yeah, I mean if you're looking at uh, at the long run and you will be in the home, then for your own self, I think it's a fairly strong argument now to look at solar PV. Yep. And once it's essentially in place, you know, if, if it's been designed and built in a way that allows for excess, extra, sorry, extra capacity um, in the future, or even swapping out panels to more efficient panels as time progresses, yeah. then, uh, yeah, looking at different ways to use electricity um, obviously makes sense. Now, in terms of your, your envelope, you, you talked about ceiling and underfloor. How far do you think you're going to take the insulation? Are you going to look at wall insulation, double glazing, and what about air tightness are you are you going to go down to the, to that extent of um high performance thermal envelope uh i think in the initial term um we will certainly look at drafts mm -hmm. and how to minimize draft draft effect um we i don't imagine we'll do anything with uh the windows with the common technologies in terms of double glazing in yep. terms of the cost it, it's something that we won't be able to afford to do and you know um i think it'll be interesting to see what's available in the space in another couple of years yeah um i think we're on the right side of the r d curve in terms of r d as you may know i think it was 2012 um that the investment in r d and renewable technologies uh, surpassed oil for the first time so uh, happy days yeah, that's that. We'll be rolling out over the next ten years. Watch out, Taranaki. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So in terms of glass, I mean, yeah, we'd like to do it, but um, yeah, not 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 at this point. Yeah. So that that will be an interesting, um, interesting. And what about walls? External walls. Um, we right at the moment, um, we're again with the sort of current. Uh, sort of technology that I'm aware of uh, in terms of how we could do that if we want to insulate, it um, wouldn't really make sense for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't mind if the technologies sort of uh, are proven and become available where we can do small penetrations and, and get good 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 results. Mm. Um, then you know, uh, jib stopping over the top and giving it a paint is is fine. Yeah. So. I guess we're just watching that space. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, look, um, fascinating project because it is so normal in some ways. Uh, like we said at the outset, that it's a, it's a, such a common problem these old houses, and uh, part of the problem is knowing where to start and and how far to take it. So, I think it's great that you're showcasing this at the early stage, and I think you you're really coming. Um, head on to a lot of problems that a lot of other people are facing so i'd be fascinated to find out if uh, who else out there has got some similar challenges and potentially some similar um, some solutions for some of those issues as well so um i'll put a link up to the ecofest and that includes a visit to your property is that correct yes yep sure so if people want to find out more and actually see it all uh that would be a great place to to get some more information now just before we uh we wrap up um I'd like to ask all our guests if they've got a a book recommendation have you got a, a favorite book or a, a book that you'd recommend listeners uh yeah well i i really enjoyed um rob hopkins um transition handbook and the reason i liked it was was it did have a lot of uh really good practical ideas, mm-hmm. but it also introduced um, the angle of the human component in terms of um, uh, how um, psychologically or emotionally people involved in some of these um, uh, issues or challenges, how can, it, how can it affect them and, and ways, I guess, to be aware of them and, and work through that. Yep. Um, and I found it really um, positive and really practical. So, you yeah, know, I found it, nice. found it an excellent book. Nice. All right. Hey, thank you very much for your time, Adrian. Really appreciate that. And thank you to um, for opening up your home and your story as part of the EcoFest as well. I think that's a great way of sharing information, not just showcasing best in class of new homes, but really posing those questions of, of what to do with all the existing housing stock and, and um, letting other people into that journey. I uh, definitely commend you for doing that. Thanks very much indeed. And uh, we, I look forward to uh, staying in touch and and keeping um, keeping uh, on track with the with the project and seeing how how it progresses. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be good. In, in a year's time, I look forward to doing a. Um, we'll do a follow up. We'll do a follow up or a home <laughs> assessment follow up too. We'll pull about. We'll pull apart some of those uh, some of those power bills and see see how we'll see what's changed. Sounds good. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Adrian. Okay. Cheers. Thank you, Matthew. Cheers. Bye. See you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview and chance to meet Adrian Feezy. And we did talk there about the EcoFest that's coming up. And I'm actually talking to one of the other organisers of that EcoFest. So we're going to have more information uh, next week and, and the following week. But I'll put some links up to um, the whole EcoFest, um, at all the events. They've got a great list of uh, all the activities that are going on for the duration of that. Uh, including the house tours and lots of other workshops, heaps and heaps of stuff going on. So that's from uh, on the North Shore from the 15th of March through to the 13th of April. And you can find out more at kaipatiki.org.nz. I will put a link up to that. That's kaipatiki.org.nz. And... Adrian's house will be one of the houses that are featured in the uh, tour of uh, some eco houses. Obviously not much of an eco house now, but I think a really great opportunity to, to see a, a before and look forward to 
following Adrian's project and, and bringing an update later on. That's enough from me for this week. Thank you very much for listening and for tuning in. Really appreciate it. If you do enjoy the show, find something useful, flick me an email. Or even better, head on over to iTunes, leave a review over there, uh, give the show a rating, and subscribe to the show as well because that all helps build our tribe and get other people involved and spread the good word. That's it for this week. Um, got some great interviews lined up already in the bag, so I'm looking forward to uh, bringing those to you, including uh, Joe and Shay from the Zero Energy House. So look forward to bringing you that. And also, um, I interviewed some people about uh, Earthsong, and really looking forward to bringing you that episode as well, because there's some really inspiring stuff in there about co-housing, which I was a bit sceptical of uh, when I first heard about it, but actually there's some great learnings for everyone. So enough from me for this week. Go make a better place to live.